Rogers spoke. He was the last appearance of Kenny Mayne on the Four Letter Network. Rogers is buddies with him, and Rogers had. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna replay the first comments. Rogers basically is saying what everyone in America who has a boss thinks. The people at the top are making bad decisions, and it's frustrating. So here's Rogers with Kenny Mayne. Um, I'm going to ask one serious question that you kind of led me to, so we serve the people on all counts. Do you find it strange that the people have been sort of conditioned to believe management is always right, like like the player's a bad guy because he stands up for himself. Management must be right because the loyalty to the team is paramount. And then someone like you, others, Richard Sherman, have kind of voiced that opinion like, hey, I, I'm a I'm a worker. I work for myself and my family, so I'm going to stick up for myself in whatever situation it is. God, that was a serious question. <laughs> that was a good question. You know, I think I think sometimes people forget uh, what really makes an organization. And uh, you know, history is important. Uh, you know, legacy of so many uh, people who've come before you, but the people. People. That's the most important thing. The people the make people. an organization. People make we the people. business, um, and sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick. Brick by the brick. foundation of it by the people. By the people, for you know, not the people. by the, not by the organization, not by the building, not by the, the corporation. It's, it's built by right the now. people. The people. He looks stoned. I've been fortunate to play with a number of amazing, amazing people. And got to work for some amazing people as well. The people, man. And it's those people that build the brick foundation of those entities. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know. The people. Roger says it's about the people. Not the organization. Not the building. Not the corporation. The people. Is he including the coaching staff in as people? Because well, they're the ones who come in and set the actual Well, let me let me continue on with the Rogers conversations then. Uh, Are you demanding a trade? There it is. Kenny Maine. It just says F it, I'm doing it. Are you demanding a trade? Uh, Are you demanding my, a trade? With yeah, with my situation, look, it's it's never been about uh, you know, never been about the draft pick, uh, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he a lot of fun to to work together. Uh, I love coaching staff. Love my teammates. Love, you know, love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible. You said the coaching incredible staff. Incredible. Sixteen years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, uh, you know, and and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about it's people. about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. And a lot of this was put in motion last year, and uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So. This is just kind of, I think, uh, the the spill out of all that. But look, man, it is about the people, and that's the most important thing. Green Bay has always been about the people, from Curly Lambeau uh, being owner and founder to the '60s with Curly. Lombardi and Bart Lombardi, Star, and Bart all those Star. incredible names. Don't forget Mike McCarthy. To the '90s teams with Coach Holmgren and Farvey and the Minister of Defense to the the run that we've been on. Mike it's McCarthy about, it's too. About the people. So there you go. I love how he names. I can't believe you didn't name Mike McCarthy. The owner and founder who got fired by the board because the owner and founder of the team decided it was better to use organizations' money to go to casinos and gamble and RJ, not do that. It's for the money was for the people. Okay? Right, it was, and <laughs> the owner slash founder slash coach decided he wanted to become Hollywood. He was giving and money. Like, RJ, was leaving all the time. He was taking that money to give back to the people for it, okay? He was giving the money back to the people. Yeah, uh, and if he would have won, he would have given it to all the people. I don't think he would have. <laughs> yeah, the people at the bank that put it in his account for him. Uh, a couple of things here. Um, Wisco Wookie, he says, wow, Roger said a whole lot of nothing there. This quote, it's about the people, that, but then doesn't explain how that applies. And then Roger and Stowe says, why do stoners always get so philosophical? Okay, I think... I think <laughs> He looks stoned in it. I think we need a Twitter poll. Yeah, yeah. Did you stay up to watch the Aaron Rodgers interview? I watched it this morning. No. I didn't, so so I didn't you're no. Yeah. I watched it this morning when I was... All right, listened to it this morning when I was driving into work at 4.30. Yeah, but I listened to it twice. It, it, it's kind of funny. He names all these people who at the end of their tenure with the Packers had trouble with the Packers organization. 
Now, the Packers moved on from each and every one of these people. It's uh, about the people, RJ. They, they had, well, it, it has become about the people. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't know the immediate aftermath of Lambeau leaving without looking we, it up. Let's forget about Lambeau leaving. That was the one But, you know, at some point they hit a little lull, yeah. brought in Lombardi, took Br- him to the taps. Brought in more people. Then they told him when he wanted to become coach GM, they were like, Nah, we're not going to do that. Mm. He left for Washington. Mm. And then, yeah, the Packers went down again. They brought in some former Lombardi guys. More people. Who even took the program further into the ground. (laughs) The wrong people. Um, And, yeah, you didn't have a renaissance until Ron Wolf came back and implemented and brought in players to revive an organization. The only one time you stepped away from a guy um, in terms of Brett Favre, you moved on and Aaron Rodgers and success kept coming. Uh, J.A. Krebs just tweets me at Debo says, and uh, the phone line's blowing up. I'll get to you in a second. He says, Rodgers is Hollywood. His new Hollywood girlfriend changed him. He now sucks. (laughs) Rodgers is basically saying he loves the people and he names off all the people that he loves. One one entity or two entities he does not name, though. He says, I love the coaching staff. I love my teammates. I love the fan base in Green Bay. He loves Jordan Love. It's not about the draft pick. He never once brings up Brian Gutekunst. He never once brings up Mark Murphy. But then the other thing. He says the coaching says staff, the teammates. It's not about the draft pick, but this was put into place last year. What prompted this to become put into well, place last year before he won? I think he didn't have a say in anything. His comments, his comments also said... It's not about the draft pick. I love Jordan. He's a good kid, blah, blah, blah. But then it also ends it with my play this year, winning MVP, threw a wrench, wrench into yeah. this. So, so it's th- totally about the draft well, pick. Well, he does say that like it started in motion. Yeah, uh, and, and last I think it, year. In, in, in to last year, like Jordan Love, and then he wins the MVP and it threw a wrench in it. He literally says it. Yeah. So he has more comments. So, Ken, yeah. Kenny Main, I've got more comments coming up because uh, Kenny Main asked him another question. But before that, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, good morning. It's Corey from Marshall. How you hey, doing? Corey, what's up, brother? Doing good, man. How well, are you? I got a bit on my mind, so I'm going to go a little bit out of rant here, so I apologize. Rant, if I no apologies. Rant away, dude. Breathing. Rogers must really think we're a bunch of idiots in this state, like that we all just fell off the turnip truck. What he said, <laughs> what he said there was, a, I, I haven't heard stuff like that. <clears throat> my apologies, but I haven't heard stuff like that. That's like a half-ass freshman philosophy class dissertation. <laughs> and okay. I would have heard Corey, what I did at UW back in the mid-90s. Corey, I took philosophy, I took philosophy 101 at UW-Whitewater, and yes, it sounds like right out of that textbook. <clears throat> he must, I, I'm sorry, but like a 30-something-year-old spouting that BS, give me a break here, dude. Well, who does he think he is right now? Like I said, he must think we just fell off the turnip truck. <laughs> this is all about him trying to get back that, at the organization and he says it's all for the people, all for the people. He knows how PO'd everybody in the state Corey, was. Corey, he said in here that he loves you, though. He yeah. loves you, Corey. Give me a break. He thinks, like I said, <laughs> he th- he doesn't. I'm sorry, but Favre loves Favre loves Wisconsinites. That's the big difference between Favre and Rogers. Yeah, Rogers coexists with us because we end up paying his salary indirectly. Yeah, we all know that, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Do you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to be sitting down at the local? You know, bar tap with with the people from a meat packing plant in Green Bay. No, I think no. The, I think the people he would sit down with would be taking shots of wheatgrass out in Hollyweird. Right. So what I'm saying as well is that he's a bit of a hypocrite because I'm going to go a little bit off tangent here, but he says for the people, right? Yeah, for the people. But he's signing pipe or he's signing petitions to stop pipelines that are going to be destroying people's jobs in Green Bay. He doesn't care about doing that. But he'll hey, he he'll loves you though, Corey. This, he loves he'll you. pull this, you know, whine and moan fest for us to feel sorry for him. Give me a break. He loves okay? you, Corey. Come on, accept his love. And I still agree with Rowdy. <laughs> his, his ass is going to be like I said last week or a couple weeks ago. His ass is on the Packers. I Corey, I don't think you sound too excited about Rogers coming back, then, brother. You know what? I look at it this way. I'm kind of a transactional type person. I don't have to like the guy. For him, for that I want him on the team. It's yeah. like with Ryan Braun. After Ryan Braun came out <laughs> as a compulsive liar and, frankly, sociopathic type tendencies, I didn't care he was still on the team because 
They've won you games. Success, the Brewers have success, right? Uh, and I don't have to, I mean, I don't need to know the guy personally. Yeah. I realize that Rogers is kind of an arrogant guy. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He'll tell us that all the time. Well, he beat a Fine, he beat an astronaut in Celebrity Jeopardy, Corey. Yeah. Of course he is. And he, and I'll, <laughs> as long as he's winning games and winning Super Bowls, which he hasn't done in 11 years, I don't really have a problem with whatever he wants to go have wheatgrass. Don't really care. <laughs> but, like, when he starts having these real-world, like, consequences on people's jobs, like signing petitions to stop pipelines up in northern Wisconsin and stuff like that, yeah. then they start having a problem with him. Because then it's like, look, dude, take your fill, your freshman level philosophy concepts and take them somewhere else. He's a big fan of Socrates. You're just here to play football. Big right? fan of Socrates. All right, I'm done ranting. Full <laughs> Brewers, nice seeing them have come back last night. Corey, great call, man. I love the phone call, brother. Have a good one. See you later. See you, man. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, Ron, what's up, dude? Hey, so uh, I was wondering uh, – when uh, when this summer is this Brewers trip coming up? Ah, Ron, that's a great question. We have a meeting tomorrow about uh, putting some, uh, you know, crossing our T's and dotting our lowercase I's and J's. Feels up to me, Ron. We'd already be uh, loading the bus. So I'm still picking the Brewers to win the division, make the playoffs. Hell yeah, so. Ron. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Because they got the pitching, and uh, and uh, if Yelich can stay in the lineup uh, every day. Uh, they they can uh they can get uh, done. Hit, I think their hitting will pick up. Yeah, Yelich did not play last night if memory serves me correct. Was that a schedule yeah, off day uh, for him? So Yeah they uh still so won though, Ron. Keston Hero came back and got a nice little hit. That was cool. Yeah, three in a row, so if they can keep it going, they've won three in a row. Hey Ron, do you think Roger's gonna be a, a Packer coming up here once the season starts? Hey, where's he gonna go and have a better chance? Of getting to the Super Bowl than the Packers. That's that's a great question, Ron. Tampa yeah, Bay. where's where is he going? Where do I mean? Is he gonna is he gonna uh, dethrone Tom Brady for the Buccaneers? Well, I, I think the Packers did a lot. Uh, well, that's right. I'm, I'm gonna do a Twitter poll, Ron. Do you think Brian Gutekunst has made the Packers roster better than when uh, you know uh, than yeah. when he got it? Yeah, he has. All right, well, Ron, you, you just kicked it off, brother. I'll vote yes for you, okay, in the Twitter poll. I don't think you have Twitter, but I'll vote yes for you. Uh, yeah, where's Rogers going to go? Because uh, I think the Packers have, have Ron, a lot of I have of a talent. question for you. One question before I let you go. So Corey just called in and said Rogers is kind of a, well, not kind of. You can take his philosophical bullcrap and stick it up where the sun don't shine. But, Ron, would you or do you think Rogers would have a beer with you down at Lucky's? Or would he spurn you? Oh, I think he'd have a beer down with uh, at Lucky's with me. I think he flip. I'm gonna flip it on his head, Ron. Would you have a shot of wheatgrass with Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Okay. Cool. All right, Ron. Well, have yeah. a good day, brother. Nice hearing from you, Ron. Hey, I think Rodgers is coming back. Oh, and one more thing. Yeah. I found something to do for this summer. I have a friend with a truck and camping equipment. That a boy, Ron. Get out, intense, baby. Well, we we went to uh, Devil's uh, Lake State Park, uh, Park this past weekend. Great park, great park. Yeah, and we had a blast. Awesome, Ron. Well, we'll see you out camping. Yeah. It's intense, baby. Yeah. See you, Ron. See ya. All right. My man, camping, Ron. Uh, one more. I'll squeeze it in. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, it's Stokes. It's Stokes. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the music off for you, Stokes. Hey, Stokes. What's up, brother? Hey, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing good now. Good, man. What's up with you? Not much. Just kind of wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about the Rogers interview. Yeah. So you heard Corey. He's pretty upset. Take that philosophical BS and shove it up your ass. And yeah, then Ron said he'd have a shot of wheatgrass with Rogers. So which, where, I, I where do think, you fall? I, I think Rogers and I took the same course at UW Whitewater two years ago. <laughs> Dude, I I was at UW Whitewater <laughs> for a year, and I'm pretty sure I was in that course too. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I don't know. Listen to it. It's on, to me, it's just with the contract. Seems like we got a last dance sort of deal. I think we got one year left. It's blown up after that, and away we go. Yeah. So you're thinking Rogers will be back then? I think, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be just based on the contract. It doesn't really make sense for either side to part. So, I mean, yeah, he's upset, but I think it's a one-year deal, and they go all out, win the Super Bowl, and then he moves on. Stokes, do you think Rogers would have a beer with you, or would you have a, a shot of wheatgrass with Rogers? Oof. Uh, I mean, 
I don't think I, I would. I, I would probably have a shot of wheatgrass with Roger just because it's Roger. I, I don't think he'd have a beer with me though. Just, I, yeah, I don't know. Let's be real. He ain't having a beer with us. You'd have to have the shot of wheatgrass with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That, do that, tequila with him though. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you can only do tequila with him if they drafted another quarterback or one of his replacements. Stokes, always a pleasure, bro. Don't be a stranger. All right. All right, man. Have a good one. Me too, buddy. There he is, Stokes, my man. What a what a phone call. Haven't heard from Ron in a while. Haven't heard from Stokes in a while. Corey's ready to fight Rodgers over some philo- philosophical stuff. Socrates, RJ. Socrates. Socrates. If you uh, watch Bill and Ted. <laughs> Aristotle. Which one do you fall under? Who taught who again? Did Socrates teach Aristotle or is it the other way around? You know, I don't remember. If Aristotle taught Socrates or Socrates taught Aristotle, Plato was the originator, right, RJ? I, I think that's what we found out. Uh, obviously, Ebo, he was the originator. You know the. Uh, but who taught Plato? He's self-made. He's a self-made man. And obviously, Plato. He formed his own putty. If you ever played with Plato, yeah. had to be number one because he molded everyone else. <laughs> like you can mold clay. Aristotle <laughs> taught Socrates. Aristotle taught Socrates, but Plato taught Aristotle. Correct. So who taught Ar- Rogers? All of the above. All the above. <laughs> well, who taught Pythagoras? Because <laughs> who taught Herculitis? <laughs> we need, Rogers needs to call in and answer these hard-headed questions. Let's go to the phones. Is, is it Rogers? Is this you? No, it's Brenda. Oh, Brenda, even better. What's up, Brenda? <laughs> Not much. Okay, so I got to rant a little bit this morning. Yes. So, okay, so actors and athletes need to realize they are performing a form of entertainment for the people. We could give a crap left what their political and through-through hippy-dippy crap. We could, give a, we, could, we could give a crap less about that. We want to be entertained. We don't want we, we watch movies and movies and things like that as an escape from all the other political BS going on in the world. Yeah. So, you know, keep your, keep your stuff to yourself and get over yourself. You are not the be-all to end-all. You know, you make you make more in, you know, your little finger than we make in probably our lifetime for half these people. You know, so, you know, get off your high horse Hell and yeah. realize the little men don't really give a crap about your political views or your whatever is going on in your life. You know, use your power instead of doing that. Use your power for, like, youth sports or youth drama programs. You know, that's where they should be focusing their energy is, you know, continuing their livelihood for the next generation. Okay, I'm done. Brenda, I think uh, all of the, the sports availability for funding drama and, and drama school stuff has already been funded by LeBron James. <laughs> True. Although, although I have drama kids, and I can tell you that it all it all gets it all gets funneled to the sports, not to drama. Oh yeah. Trust so, me. Brenda, did you watch the interview with Rogers then, or were you just reacting to what you heard while I was play a little bit ago? Yeah, I was reacting to that because I again I could have cared less what he had to say. I knew he was gonna pull some crap out of his butt that <laughs> you know. That, that, oh, I'm wishy-washy, and they need to come to the table. And, okay, yeah, you know, get off, get off the pot or poop, you know, both, of, both <laughs> sides. Both <laughs> sides, you know. You know, you're, you're hogging the pot. Go, get, you know, well, I think, he was on the, I think he was on the pot last night, Brenda. I, I watched uh, yeah. his interview. He looked a little, uh, as a, I don't know from experience. I'm just saying. His eyes look a little glazy, though. Well, you know, maybe he's not in Hawaii. Maybe he's in Jamaica or something, you know. Well, Brenda, as a guy who went to Hawaii on vacation, um, I heard it's not hard to find marijuana. Oh, probably not. It's just, just, like just what I heard, Brenda. It's just what I heard. Yeah, yeah, just what you heard. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like I said at an Airbnb that had oodles of it, but that's just what I heard. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, well, you do you. Uh- <laughs> Brenda, I just heard that. It wasn't me. And you got to let me know when a brewer's trip is. Because I yes. am on it. You and Corey from Marshall and Ron and everybody. Yes, we. we you, you, you pretty much already got a full bus. I know Make we do, happen. Brenda. You don't. You're preaching to the choir right now. Make it happen, Brenda. Trust me, just we do it. Brenda, we, right. we love you here. Dave from Monona just <laughs> Dave from Monona just hit me up. I will not tell you what he said to me, but he loves you. Ah, uh, great. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to know that. All right, see you, Brenda. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, we got. I mean, Rogers is always getting the people turning on. Well, welcome to the show. Who's this? Yellow. Who's this? Did Brenda say she wanted to be entertained? It's Dave from Monona. Hey, Brenda, you want to be entertained? Dave, I don't think she wants to be entertained by you. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that probably only take about three seconds. Hey, buddy boy. Yeah. What do you think of that Roger stuff? Who cares? I I I told people what's going to happen. Nobody nobody listens to the wizard. Rogers is mad because for the last eight years, that man's had his way behind the scenes. You got McCarthy, and you, you talked to some of the players in the past. He dictated what went on behind the scenes, and Brian Goody Goody seen all of this behind the scenes. The way Goody he was Goody. treating Ted, yeah, the way he was treating Ted Thompson, the way he was treating the office staff, and then finally he got uh, McCarthy out of there. And you notice the, the, the day um, before came in, what did, what did Mark Murphy say? Don't be the problem, Aaron. This is not going to end well for Rogers, thank God. And guys, they're going to be a better team without him. Here's why. If you did trade him to Denver and you got back Bradley Chubb and their defensive piece, hell, all Jordan Love's got to do is just take two steps. You got Devontae Adams, you got, you got Tunyon, you got Aaron Jones, you got you got to help get the best offensive line. People, conspiracy, let him go because guess what? The Green Bay will go to the Super Bowl next year. Oh, Dave! Well, With well, Jordan well, Love or Blake Bortles? No, it was look. Well, think about it. If you get back Bradley Chubb and you get back another defensive piece, that makes your defense a lot better. You got one of the best offensive linemen, and you got two of the best running backs, and you got the best receiver and tight end. All Love's got to do is just here, two steps and yeah. jump. Yeah. I mean, people. I mean, let, let him sit out. Rogers is not going to sit out because he knows he has no authority. He has no power. Everybody says he holds all the cards. No, he holds nothing. Let him nothing. go, people. Dave, he, 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 yeah. I, I was gonna say. I thought you were done. I was gonna say always a pleasure. Well, I, I just I just got to pleasure myself through that call of brightness. So well, I'm that's why I'm letting you time. go, so you can go get out the bottle of Jergens. See you, buddy. Right. See ya. All right. Go to the phones again. Yeah. Who's this? Hey, it's Aaron Rodgers. How's it going? Hey, Rodgers. What's up, man? How's it going? Oh, I was watching good. an interview last night. Very philosophical. Yeah, I'm just sitting on the beach eating some suffocated kumquats and drinking some wheatgrass. How's it going? I love Teddy Main so much. Oh my god! So Rogers, man, what a what an interview you had yesterday, dude. It was um, like I said with Kenny Main, very philosophical. You said you love the people, but I noticed you never mentioned Brian Gutekunst or Mark Murphy. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about me. I mean, I've only lost 15 pounds on this uh, peyote diet that I've been on, and I just. But uh, I don't want to talk about myself. Kenny, I love you so much. Oh, my God. Kenny. <laughs> Rogers, can you save some of that peyote for me? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you're uh, wise enough and to your prime yet to be able to handle this peyote. I'm um, so much better than everybody else. But I don't want to talk about me. And uh, Rogers, I, bro, I have a question for you before man. I let you go, Rogers. Uh, Plato, Socrates, or Aristotle, who is your favorite philo- uh, philosopher? Uh, it would be Rogers by Aaron, actually. Um, oh, Rod- Rogers Itis? Uh, Rogers Itis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also it's also a very bad fungular disease that you get from uh, riding a uh, shotgun with your former uh, NASCAR girlfriend. So, Well, Rogers, have fun in Hawaii, man. Keep smoking that peyote. And can't wait to hear more comments from you. I hope you're uh, having fun losing half a million dollars and not showing up to Packers OTAs. Yeah, Kenny Mayne is the best, and uh, if you guys want to lose 15 pounds in, like, two seconds, just do do a suffocated kumquat diet. You'll be great. See you, so. Rogers. Right. Who's this? Welcome to the show. This is uh, your new friend, Nathan. Hey, Nathan, what's up, dude? What up? Dude, so, help me out here, Nathan. <laughs> I got a little bit to say here, man. Go. It's all you, baby. So... I got three teenage daughters in my house is less drama than an Aaron Rodgers interview. I'm sick and tired of having a guy who wants to sit up there and talk like he's above the people of Wisconsin. He does not sit here and care about the organization. He says he doesn't like the philosophy and the way things are going. What? Because you don't get to dictate things and they're building a team to go without you? I mean, give me a break. Get out of here. Take your $30 million. Go drink your wheatgrass. And as far as your poll goes with having a beer, I'd rather sit down with Bakhtiari. <laughs> Nathan, killing it, dude. Well done. So, uh, I'm originally from Janesville. Yeah. And Got family next week in I'm making the, uh, Next week I'm making a bike trip. I'll be down there all week. Maybe I'll uh, bring some of our local pasta takeout and drop it down to the studio on my way down. How about this? If you do that, I'll give you some, uh, some uh, flavor that I love around here in Madison and give it to you so we'll exchange stuff. How's that sound? All right. I mean, maybe you can bring some marijuana. I mean, oh, peyote. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> peyote. I'll bring marijuana. I'll bring marijuana too. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. See you, buddy. All right.
There he is. People are turning. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? People are turning on number 12. I don't think too many people were ever on his side. People are turning. Here's the thing. It's just getting louder. Aaron Rodgers, who just called in before Nathan went on his rant, Aaron Rodgers, who just called in, kind of sounded like another guy who I would describe as one of the biggest bootlickers of Aaron Rodgers. Here's the thing. That guy now who was an Aaron Rodgers bootlicker, I don't think he's licking his boots anymore. I think he's taking a dump on his boot. I don't think he likes him anymore. People deep down inside knew, they knew that Aaron Rodgers was not a they who someone they could identify with. They knew it deep down, but they didn't want to say it out loud. And now that they have this coming out, their true feelings are coming out. I never actually liked Rodgers is what they're saying now. Look at this. Look at the tide turning. Can you feel it, Rowdy? Can you feel it? It's. Can you feel it? It's the same feeling people had when... Aaron Rodgers first started taking over when Brett Favre was out. Mm. I mean, he said, forget about him. It's the president. At at that point in time, it was not about the people. Hey, Rodgers says it's for the people, RJ. He loves the people. Crazy how that works out when the people aren't on your side. Some good stuff happened last night in Wisconsin sports. There's more to what happened yesterday than the Aaron Rodgers drama. And the Packers drama. But if you want to opine away, phone line's open, 608-321-1670. Rowdy, we got the Twitter poll out there. What do you think of Rogers' interview with Kenny Mayne? Helped his cause, hurt his cause. He's such a diva, or I just didn't watch. Also, since Brian Gutekunst has become GM, has he made the Packers roster better than when he got it? Yay or nay? I voted yes. You voted yes, correct? Right, Rowdy? Yep. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll table that. We'll come back to that a little later. Just putting that on your frontal lobe. But, Rowdy, how about last night? Again, the Milwaukee Brewers beat the San Diego Padres. This time they snapped the Fathers' nine-game winning streak with a 5-3 to victory at American Family Field. Brandon Woodruff, just a monster again on the mound. Seven innings, giving up just three hits, struck out eight, picked up, which is insane, just his third win. But it was ninth quality start in ten starts this season. His ERA is now at 1.41. We all know Brandon Wood is a beast. We we already know that. The Brewers, though, with five runs off of six hits, obviously it's a good thing that they win and they put up a five spot. But is this more sign that the offense is waking up when you couple that in with uh, taking that series against the Cincinnati Reds? Well, first off, now the Brewers are still undefeated against the Padres this season. Never lost. 4-0. and Never lost. Second off, if you go one further... They're now seven and one against the NL West. If you look at the two teams that they've played now, really, San Diego they swept them in the first series three nothing. Then, if you remember, they beat the Dodgers three to one, and now take game one of this series against the Padres. Never lost. This That's season. the best this division season. in baseball right now. When you look at the or one of the best divisions in baseball, definitely the best division when you look at the NL. Totally, and the Brewers. I think it just shows that the Milwaukee Brewers like to play up to their competition and play down to their competition. Yes, they do. And then did you see some of those uh, stats on Brandon Woodruff after last night? He's now had two starts against San Diego where he's thrown a combined 13 innings, gave up just four hits, all of them singles, one run, one earned run, three walks, 15 strikeouts. And oh, by the way. Wow. For every single Padres hitter not named Jake Cronenworth, they have just one hit, and it was Fernando Tatis Jr.'s uh, single yesterday, or else Cronenworth has the other three hits. Wow. Great. That's crazy. Tatis Jr. coming into this series ever since he came off the COVID uh, list was batting over 700. Brandon Woodruff, besides that single, I mean, the Brewers limited Tatis Jr., which is awesome. Some more uh, Brandon Woodruff statistics. You talked about how he's got nine quality starts now. Yeah. But that said, uh, that seven innings where he gave up just three hits and eight strikeouts, you mentioned how it's his ninth consecutive quality start. He now, over that stretch, has an ERA of 1.05, in which he's went 60 innings and, and allowed just seven earned runs. <laughs> and the opponents are batting just... 125 My as they are 25 god. for 200 against him. My god, that is incredible! And right there. you talked about the offense, and we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. But now, for qualifying pitchers, they now scored five runs for Brandon Woodruff 
And obviously that's a huge bump because if you remember going into that game, the Brewers were averaging 1.58 runs per game when he was on the mound. Yeah. Well, that five just bumped up his, uh, his season run support to 2.11 runs per nine, which is still the lowest God, for qualified starters. Yes, he's still the lowest. The next closest to him is now Adam Wainwright at 2.14 wow, runs crazy. per nine. All right, so... Uh, reacting to the Brewers here, who definitely play up to their level of competition as they take on the Padres again, undefeated against the Padres so far this season. And looking at the offense, yeah, they had six hits. Yeah, they put up five runs. But how about uh, some of this paying off dividends for what David Stearns has been able to do? It was, well, Manny Pena has been around the block for a while. Deep shot, two-run homer in the second inning. Then in the fourth inning, obviously Al Garcia, a monster shot off of Blake Snell. And then Colton Wong chased him from the game with a two-run single. Five earned runs were the most Snell had given up a start this year. I don't think he's been – has he been starting that much this year, though, Rowdy? Was yeah, he has. Oh, he has. Oh, who's I thinking of? Anyways, doesn't matter. But how about this? Willie Adamas walked twice, scored twice. New addition for the Brewers. And first baseman, Keston Hira, first game back from AAA, had a hit, a little screamer single, and scored a run. I feel like there's a little – there's the tide turning for the Milwaukee Brewers, Rowdy. Can you – is that just me, though? Or am I, I hope the tide so. Turning? I hope so, but I'm not going to hold my breath because if you remember how the Brewers scored the majority of those runs, they were off of the home run, right? And we know That's that the Milwaukee now. Brewers hit home runs in bunches. And when they hit home runs in bunches, they win a lot of games. When they don't, they, well, they lose a lot of games. But the one fact that continues to be a thorn in the Milwaukee Brewers side, if you scroll down and look at Hitting with runners in scoring yeah. position. Gross. Again, just one for six last night. Yeah. No bueno. Now, I've heard some chatter on Twitter. You see some of the Brewer fans. They're saying how, oh, the the offense is back, right? The offense is back. They've now scored five runs against the Padres, and it, it obviously it was Blake Schnell, a really good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Well, the average MLB team only scores about four and a half runs per game. Is, is five really an outbreak? Hey, they had nine on Sunday. True, they did. I, I mean, I'm with you. I hope they had nine on Sunday. I hope that they start to turn around, and it looks like they're starting to have better at bats. Yes, where it's not all completely just terrible strikeouts. So what the hell is up with Christian Yelich then? Was he just a scheduled off day then? That was a scheduled off day, from what I saw. How can you have scheduled off days when you've literally been off for like two months? You know what my biggest thing is when when you're looking at the lineup is. I tweeted it out yesterday is how, how in the hell can Tyrone Taylor continue to bat third in the lineup? You know where like in traditional baseball sense, your best hitter hits third. Yes. Why is Tyrone Taylor hitting third? Like, yeah, him and Billy McKinney had their little hot. Did Billy McKinney get DFA'd by the way? Yeah, but he was a roster uh, for with the trades. He was a, he was a casualty. Yeah. But that's what I'm getting at. It's like they played out of their mind for like a week or two. We've talked about it endlessly about FedEx or UPS or whoever was going to give him a job before he got the call. Why is he continuing to hit third? That's reserved for your best hitter if you're a traditional baseball. And let's see here. Last I, night I don't he get went, that. He went 0 for two, three at-bats, two strikeouts. And then the other thing that I don't get is the lineup that they continue to roll out there with where Lorenzo Cain is batting second, and I think – to be completely honest, Lorenzo Cain's had two or three good games all year. Yeah. And we 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 talk about Orlando Arcia and Luis Urias when they were uh, competing for that shortstop position about how can any of them hit. And then you talked about once they traded Arcia, oh, Arias has, has made some bad plays and had some bad plays in the field. He's got nine errors. But if you look at what what they've done because we've talked about him for the majority outside of those three games where he blew up. It was about can he hit? Can he develop into being a hitter? Yep. He seems to be coming around a little bit, having better at bats. But what I'm getting at is he's still getting on base and hitting at a higher percentage than Lorenzo Kane, but they continuously put Lorenzo Kane in that two hole. Kane over. Kane has not been a legit. He's hitting 200. He's not been a legit two-hole hitter since he was 33 years old. He's hitting 200 now, Rowdy. Two Ks last night and four at-bats. And I think, I think honestly, shaking up the lineup a little bit might be a good thing. 
All right, so here's something else that we got to talk about. I know we're up against a break a little bit. Got the razor's edge on the way to do some sports gambling. What the hell was happening with Perdomo last night as he came in in the ninth? He, ugh, Josh Hader eventually came in to save the day for his 11th save. What the hell's going on with Perdomo, Rowdy? I mean, I don't know why you're questioning what the hell's going on I mean, with Perdomo. He, what, I, I don't expect question. a whole lot. Why of is he them. in the majors? Because he's a lefty that throws in the mid 90s. Didn't they just get like a bunch of arms for the bullpen? I mean, they they did in those trades. They acquired three different arms between those two trades. But uh, yeah, Perdomo. At that point, you're up five nothing. You're hoping it's honestly quite embarrassing being up five nothing that you can't go with a lower leverage reliever, and he still can't get out of there he without bringing in Josh Hader. Josh Hader. A good on Hader though gets his 11th save. Like I said, Brandon Woodruff, beast. Perdomo sucks. Hader, beast. I guess got to throw Boxberger in there, too. He had a nice little eighth inning. Yeah, it was nice to see Boxberger get on track after getting uh, hit pretty hard his last few appearances. So there you go. Brewers beat the Padres again. Ooh-wee. All right, we'll come back. Try to make it five in a row tonight. Hell, yeah. Corbin Burns on the mound. Oh, an ass whooping of biblical proportions. The Milwaukee Bucks, after Saturday's abysmal performance, yes, and a win. They shot, what, 16% from three-point land? Rowdy, they set a <laughs> they set a record last night, a franchise record, with the the amount of three pointers that they scored. Twenty two in the game. They're twenty two of fifty three. That's good for forty one point five percent. Hell of a turnaround from Saturday of the sixteen percent. Pretty wild for the Milwaukee Bucks. And the game was over, like you said, in the first quarter. It was forty six to twenty when the first quarter concluded. And I started cooking up dinner. I'm like, well, I can more focus on the Brewers now. <laughs> like, I just don't understand in the NBA how you can go from shooting 16% from behind the arc. Don't get it. To over 41% the very next game. And not only that, but we talked about it after uh, game one where we kind of harped on how bad they were shooting free throws because yeah. they were like barely over 60%. Yeah, terrible. From barely over 60%. To 90%. I don't get it. Giannis, what, what was Giannis, like 3 of 16 shooting, I think? No, he was, oh, uh, from, free throw, free from the line, he was 6 of 13. Or 6 of 13, excuse me. Giannis was 6 of 7 last night. <laughs> yeah. How did, uh, Chris Middleton, 6 for 6. Brooke Lopez, 3 for 4. Um, And then Bobby Portis was 3 for 3. That was it for free throw, the charity stripe. But the Bucks, they were they just were whooping ass. Like, the Bucks. I don't know, to your point, Rowdy, how you can go from shooting 16% to then setting a franchise record of three-pointers made in a game so in the playoffs. After game one, we were ta- we were talking on Monday about the game, obviously, because it occurred on Saturday. And I go, I'm kind of on the fence with this series because we saw the Miami Heat look really good last year, and they match up really well against the Bucs. We know that. Yep. But this isn't exactly the same Miami Heat team that it was last year. Like, they have, like, the Tyler Heroes of the world not playing as well. Tyler Heroes terrible. Yeah, Jimmy Butler hadn't been playing as well and then laid an egg in game one. And I go, are those guys going to figure it out? And then on the flip side for the Bucks, are they going to start to shoot better? Is Giannis going to be an issue uh, shooting free throws and being on the court late? Like, where is this going to go? I'm still unsure on how this series is, and I think game two will be a good barometer did they answer where they're your, at. Did they answer your questions? Yeah, I think so because the Bucks <laughs> obviously now they shot they set a record, so obviously it was completely to the opposite side of the spectrum from where they were at last uh, yes. game. And the Heat, who played quite well in the first game, outside of the Jimmy Butlers and some of their other key players, but they had a lot of guys that were no namers. I won't say no namers, but like the Duncan Robinsons of the world and the Goran Dragics of the world, mm-hmm. they really stepped up in game one. Well, they didn't necessarily get those same huge guys stepping up, drilling. Like, Duncan Robinson made just two three-pointers. Yeah. Like, I think he made two three-pointers in the first two minutes game one. Dude, how about, on the flip side, how about Forbes for the Bucks? Well, that's, I sent, did you see the tweet I sent out? That dude was balling. It was after. No, I gotta go look. I sent out a tweet after Forbes hit that one three, where it literally bounced off the rim like three times and then went in. underscore razor. You remember that three-pointer, though? I I do. Well, here it is. I, t- I tweeted it out, and I'm like, if if Forbes is going to get those type of bounces, you know it's your night. And the threes just continue to pour in for the Bucks. And then, and then Rowdy, the pride of Stoughton, Wisconsin, Big Joe says Bucks in six. 
Well, the way the Bucks are playing, yeah, I'm changing mine. By Bucks, the way. Bucks in a sweep or Bucks in five. So I, with you, originally said Bucks in six, right? Yeah, because I thought the Heat would be better. Game one, Bucks played like trash. Heat didn't play that well. Bucks found a way to win. Chris Middle hits a game winner. Game two, I was like I said, up in the air. If the Bucks can come out and win convincingly, I'll feel pretty good about it. It was 34 and points convincing? I don't know if they could have made it any more convincing. <laughs> well, yeah, they could have won by 36. I'm changing my prediction, Bucks in five. Bucks in five. Because th- I'm imagining Miami will come home, obviously, on Thursday and get a – I'm assuming they'll get a win in Miami. I think they get one win in Miami, and it's like kind of like the first game where it's just kind of a gross, grinded yeah. game, and then all of a sudden they end up finding a way to win by a few points. Totally. But I think the Bucks mop up the rest of the series. Bucks just <laughs> obliterate. In fact, the comments that I have here from Middleton Holiday Budenholzer is asking them how difficult it is with playing such a huge huge lead like that for such a long time. Here's Drew Holiday. I just think locking in. Every time out, you had Giannis saying don't don't let the foot off the gas. Yeah, Coach pre- preaching it to us. So um, at that point, you know, we just felt like we had to lock in. And we know what type of team Miami is where they play hard for 48 minutes. At this point, we feel like we had advantage and, and never wanted to give that up. Also, Drew Holiday says they have to take that same energy down too in Mawimo, Miami. That's what you know, Will Smith called Miami. Keep the same energy. We got to go down there like it's us against the world. We know how it is when somebody goes back home and they're playing in front of their home crowd. But at that point, it's going to be us against the world. So us against the world, we're going to have to around each other and me and against the world. Be our own energy and, and and be our own fans at that point. So I mean, yeah, you got to take the energy to Miami. Obviously, makes sense to me. Here's more from uh, Chris Middleton talking about on winning so big. It's great. I mean, that means we're taking care of our business, doing what we're supposed to do, and then also giving you know other guys a chance to get out there, um, get some type of playoff experience under their belt. I think the most important thing is to get a win, um, whether they come easy or hard. Um, it's going to be difficult in the playoffs. Not every game is going to be like this or the last game, um, but we just got to continue to you know, stick to our game plan, do what we do, um, and be ready for anything. Rowdy, you have, you, have two, you have two polar opposite games, 16% from beyond the arc, and you can't hit a free throw to save your life, to setting franchise records in the playoffs from beyond the arc and then hitting basically all your free throws. What's what's the reality of this Bucks well, team? I think it's somewhere in between, the, obviously. One of the big differences is that the Bucks, when they played great, they obviously put a beating on the Miami Heat. Uh-huh. But even when they played terribly, they found a way to win. And I feel like if you're the Miami Heat and you lose a close game that you should have won, you should have won game one. You'd be pissed coming in game two. You would be. Not and then lay to down. Get absolutely just dominated the way they did. Can I say ass blasted? Is that a thing? You you would have okay? to you would have to feel like the Heat are just reeling right now. I saw Grant Bill's tweet on ass blasted, like, so I wanted to say it. And I'll I'll change my prediction again. If the Heat can't win Game Three, even in a close one, I think this is a sweep. This it, is you'd have over. to be going back home after the the two games that you'd have. You you got to be kind of reeling and crushed. Where if, if it's not all hands on deck now, and the Bucks find a way to win Game Three. Why are you even showing up for game four? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is I like how the Milwaukee Bucks are trending. Yes, they are trending up. I mean, there's not much farther you could go from shooting 16% from three-point land to now they shot last night 41.5%. That's nice. But I would say originally going into this series, you said Bucks and six. I said Bucks and six. Well, I thought that you know, thinking of last year at the Heat, like they had some dogs on their well, team. I, I, we really didn't think it was much of an issue though. Like yeah. we weren't really like concerned about the Heat. It was like, yeah, Bucks will probably give them a couple games, but we're looking for the second round. We're looking for the Nets series. G- yep. And now I feel like after watching that second game, it's like, okay, Bucks can go in there, handle their business. They don't even necessarily have to play perfect games. No, I mean, look at Game One. You know. Uh, let's see. And here. Jimmy Butler is still non-existent, dude. The it is absolutely hilarious. This this box score of the Miami Heat. It's like they didn't even show up. It's like can just wake us up when we get back to Miami. Uh, there's only one other game last night, right? The the yeah, the Trailblazers and the Nuggets. The Nuggets freaking rolled too over the Blaze. Uh, anyways, there you go. A little Bucks chatter. 132-98 over the Heat, just dominating. Yeah, you got to feel pretty sick if you're the Heat. I mean, Butler hasn't shown up yet. 
And your your basically your leading scorer was Deadman. <laughs> what? Yeah. He's <laughs> like you're Bam, starting five. Bam stunk. Adebayo looked disinterested. Duncan Robinson only had six shots. They just got torched, and it was awesome. I was totally here for Tyler it. Tyler Hero, one for five. Literally everyone played last night for the Milwaukee Bucks except uh, Jeff Teague because he was a coach's decision at DNP. Everyone, er, Literally everyone else, people you've never even heard of, were playing for the Bucks last night. And on the plus minuses, they were all pluses. Is there like an unwritten rule of the NBA? <laughs> Is there an unwritten rule of basketball where there's like 40 seconds left and they're dribbling out up 34 and they take the shot clock violation, even though there was still like 20 seconds on the clock when theoretically, it. of course I would shoot I'd it. I'd shoot it. If I had, if my name was Bryant or Merrill or some of these guys that don't even play, to pain, of course I'm shooting it. Like I don't even. Who is this guy? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Axel to pain. Am I saying that right? Couldn't tell you. He's from France. Sacre bleu. Like I don't even know who this guy is. He got he got in last night. I'm like looking at his jersey. I'm looking at the box. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He scored two points. You're Merrill. I know Merrill was their second round pick. Yeah, he's uh he scored three points last night. And this but, Brian guy, he he's the only guy not to score besides uh but yeah, someone else didn't score. I forget who it was. Doesn't is, matter. Is it an unwritten rule of basketball? If I'm at the end of the bench and I never see minutes and I'm has my team getting, you know, just demolishing someone else, doing all the ass blasting, I'm gonna you you bet your sweet butt I'm gonna be shooting that ball rowdy. I wanna get on that stat sheet. Hell yeah. All right, six oh eight, three two one sixteen seventy Twitter, that's at Zone Madison. You wanna react with the Bucks, feel free. If you want to react over the Brewers, feel free. If you want to dive into Aaron Rodgers, which uh, we've been doing a lot today, feel free. We welcome in our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Now, Zach, I was listening to Rodgers uh, saying of uh, who he loves. He's got a lot of love for everyone. Um, you know, I want to say right here, I have a lot of love for you, Zach, and uh, the people here at Midwest Family Broadcasting. But what did you think of the comments from Aaron Rodgers? He didn't say he loved Brian Gutekunst or Mark Murphy. Yeah, he left out. He loves a lot of people, but apparently does not love Brian Kudekunst in, in the front office. And it, the entire, I mean, obviously the, there wasn't a whole lot there, but we, we, I think we knew that he had issues with the front office, and we knew that he had issues with the way that they have, I guess, treated people, including himself, and the way that, I don't know, it's changed, I guess, under, under Brian Kudekunst and, and Mark Murphy, that it was different uh, previously, and um, that they forget that it is about people. I mean, I think we all knew that, but just to hear him say it uh, kind of just gives us confirmation that there's a, a significant issue that he needs to that they need to resolve. And and I mean, it's also kind of um, saying that you know you guys make the decisions, but we're the ones that actually make your jobs. You know, we're the ones that actually make God. you good at your job. Zach, doesn't he sound like every everyday American? <laughs> Like, don't we all say that about our bosses for the most part? I, I've never said that about you. Well, I mean, I never uh, said that about my bosses either. So, yeah. If they're listening, if they're not listening, then maybe I have complained about my bosses. You know? Yeah. No. He is. He is right. Uh, there's. I mean, I think especially now, um, where the and I don't want to, you know, where the wage gap between the people that the haves and the haves not oh. continues to grow and that type of stuff. That's what I think he's he's. Trying to say, I don't know. I don't know if that's exactly what he's trying to say. It's not certainly not a pay gap. In yeah, because he makes more than everyone else combined. <laughs> right, and they're the ones that paid him that much money. But it's about just the idea that you work for us and you're a cog in the machine, and that that's all that matters. I think Pink Floyd said it. There's a, just another brick in the wall, Zach Halpern. Yes, see, I mean, you're you're a cog in the machine. Shut up and, and work, and, and that's not how Aaron Rodgers views it, and he doesn't think that's how it should be, and. Whether you believe that or not, whether you believe that that's how they treat him, it's the way he feels, and that's what's most important. Now, after you know him talking about this, he's, he loves the draft pick. He loves Jordan Love. He's a great kid. I have fun working with him. I love the coaching staff. I love my teammates. Yada 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 yada. Adrian Amos tweets out: Sometimes you got to let people know who really run this bleep. If, if Zach, as a Brian Gutekunst, the GM, and Mark Murphy, who oversees it, people that are in positions of power over these players, if you see these players, I don't want to say malcontents, but literally like being insubordinate in a way, what do you do if you're you know the higher up brass? Like that's not good for the locker room, right? I think it's amazing for the locker room. To be honest with you, <laughs> is it bringing uh, everyone together to say "f you" to Brian Gutekunst? Yes, 
there there is nothing that draws people together more than um, coming together to fight the man. And uh, that, <laughs> except that Aaron Rodgers has the most money, which is that, that the part boggles it, my mind. It does. That's that is that's the one thing that that's hard to you know to put your mind to bring your mind around and get your mind in, in that idea. But yeah, no, y- yes, Devontae Adams has said he's had Aaron. He has Aaron Rodgers back. Uh, that tweet certainly from Adrian Amos suggested as well. And Rodgers, that's going to bring the locker room together. Now, there may be, is there probably a guy or two in there that's like, shut up and get back here? We all have our jobs to do, probably. But I think the large majority of them are going to be like, hey, we want that power. And, and if Aaron's going to give us, you know, Aaron deserves that power. And if he gets that power, it gives us more power as well. And um, so I think that it. I just don't get like what what's the power grab, right? Um, couldn't uh, I have we have a Twitter poll right now since Brian Gutekunst become GM for the Packers? Is the roster better off than when he found it? And right now it's like majority saying yes. Hasn't Brian Gutekunst improved this roster markedly better than when Ted Thompson you know stepped down? Markedly better. Uh, I think the coach. I think coaching has played a huge role in it. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, well, Rogers wasn't trying to get Matt Lafleur fired Mike, like it was Mike McCarthy. Well, right, but I'm, what I'm saying is, I think like the change in in coaching and the change in Rodgers too. I, I, well, look we at his year with did, Mike McCarthy, the final year. I mean, it was obvious he was trying to. I don't say sabotage, but it was obvious he was playing at a much lower level than what he could have been at. And it took, and in even in 2019, he wasn't playing at a very high level. I I think uh, perhaps Jordan Love, the pick, kind of kicked him in the butt a little bit to get to get him going a little bit. But either way, is the roster better? It definitely is. Right, I mean, they he has done a, a solid job at adding place at, at adding pieces. I think the 2020 draft still kind of like up in the air a little bit. The twenty nineteen draft was a, was a home run. Twenty eighteen was pretty good as well, especially at the top with Jair. So they have they have certainly added to the roster and they've they've gone out in free agency and, and added pieces. Um, but I think again, I think it's just the idea that I don't think he minds Jordan Love. I like. I don't think he mind. I think he doesn't like the idea of, of what they did with Jordan Love, and that I think that is that perhaps is more so the the issue for for Rogers when it comes to where his mind is right now. It's very intriguing. I'll say that. Do you think Zach that Aaron Rodgers would have someone like Adrian Amos's back if they drafted uh, like a safety this year <laughs> that was supposed to be a stud safety and come in and potentially take his position? Is I mean, I don't think we would obviously be talking about it. Um, so yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers would have. Yeah, of course he's. Yes, I it's, hard, I mean, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to say. No, it's not. I mean, I. I you think Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers would go there? I don't there think Aaron Rodgers would be vocal about it at all. Do you think anybody all. would give? Do you think anybody would give two craps if? Uh, Myself had it. If, if Adrian Amos in this moment right now was wasn't showing up like it, it would not be the story it is right now Nelson you would have no need for somebody to come out and, and talk about it it just it would be irrelevant no but uh, what I'm Mark, getting at is you have Adrian Amos setting out tweets that are obviously have Aaron Rodgers back saying he runs this bleep but if it if the shoe was on the other foot and Adrian Amos had a guy breathing down his neck that was going to be in and starting from you know Rodgers isn't stepping out of the line neck. for him. You think Jordan Love is breathing down Aaron Rodgers' neck? Well, according to Aaron Rodgers, it sounds like they want to force him out of there for Jordan Love. So they wanted to force him out. That's that in his own mind. They wanted to force him out, uh, but his MVP MVP play changed that, threw a wrench in it. Yes, now whether that's Rogers accurate works. or not, I don't. I don't think it's accurate that they were going to try and push him out after this year. Like he has he has said that it. Like I'm talking about this past year. Like financially, just doesn't make sense. Next year, yeah, I think that certainly was the case, and and that's what you know. I think a lot of this is about is trying to get, um, you know, get an extension so he can so he can be the guy for the next few years. And I don't know if the Packers are willing to do that because they want to see what they have in Jordan Love, and they'll never be able to do that if they do that with Rodgers. But no, I, I, I it's a completely different position. It's a completely different stratosphere of uh, conversations. I think, but do I think Aaron Rodgers would have? Adrian Amos is back, yes. And he would also be like, what the hell are we doing? Adrian Amos is playing at a really high level, and, and so is Darnell Savage. Why Why would we uh, draft a uh, safety oh, in the first round? Zach, I know Amos is listening. I think he's just honored to be mentioned in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers. Zach Halperin, yeah. our sports director, joining us right now. So, Zach, should people be freaking out about Rodgers you know, partying in Hawaii and not showing up to OTAs that started yesterday? 
Are you upset that Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh, Alan Lazard aren't at OTAs? I'm upset I'm not in Hawaii with Rogers, smoking his peyote that he's on. Yes. Could could you play guitar as well as he can? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I've been playing guitar since I was in elementary school. I know, I, you, I know you are. I know you are. I'm asking I if can, you can play. You, what he, yeah, what I can play better than Rogers. Okay. All right. Uh, could you dance better than him though? Just you know that just that hip swinging back and Zach, forth. I've been known that to, looked like that looked like a middle school dance. I've been known to cut a little rug. So yes. yeah, I but. bet. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I can sing better too. I think it's. I, I just can't throw relevant. a ball better. Right. I think it's only relevant because in the past he has been a part of the off season program all the time. I think that's the only reason it's relevant, and that means. And I don't think anybody needed to say this, but obviously there's an issue and. <laughs> it needs to be worked out, um, but I don't think you know him not being at OTAs is anything. We'll see. Does he show up for the mandatory minicamp? I think that's the next big date. Though I guess June first could also be the next big date because that'd be the the time that they could trade him uh, without uh, incurring the full thirty, I think yeah. it's thirty eight or thirty nine million. All right, so Zach, I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk some college basketball. Uh, two things: Did you see Jordan Bohannon get absolutely <laughs> falcon punched? Out in the bars in Iowa City. I did see that. Yes, that was. Uh, I saw the before and I saw the after. And uh, oh, I didn't see the after. The, How's the, he looking? The idea, by the way, the, the, the idea that he got physically assaulted uh, made it seem like he was the true victim there, and um, the video doesn't quite show that. Zach, I was. Uh, I had to chuckle about the uh, article that was put out there. It was like essentially painting uh, Jordan Bohannon as the entire victim who was just harmlessly having a beer uh, out, you know, past midnight. And wasn't right. doing anything wrong, and then someone just came up and assaulted him. Well, yeah. I watched the video, and it seemed like Jordan Bohannon. Mm, I'll stop right there. But Zach, we've no, we've 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 all seen those situations at bars, and I'm I'm you know, a friend of ours, you know, spouting off and you know saying stupid stuff, and I'm sure, I'm sure Nelson did that once or twice. Well, uh, I think Nelson, I think Nelson would be able to back it up. Jordan Bohannon obviously couldn't. The only thing Nelson's able to back up is stealing $20 off a bar from a bartender. <laughs> like that, that, that's essentially who he is. That's, that's the person that Nelson is. But uh, J-Bo, yes, that was, a, that was a tough scene for him. Very tough scene. Did he and report, Rowdy? I, the alternative for the bartender could have been a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have got Bohannon. All right, so yeah. Zach Alpin. Ooh, it's a verb. Yeah, it is. It, oh, yeah, it is. You get Bohannon. All right, so <laughs> Zach, before I let you go, who's this new addition now to uh, Wisconsin basketball? Sharif Chambliss, the new assistant coach taking over for Orlando Tucker. Um, so what's up? I think every- what's up? Like, what's up with Orlando Tucker? Yeah. Orlando Tucker is no longer the assistant coach for the Wisconsin Badgers. Is it just, just that simple? Here's that way. Okay. I, look, just, I, had, to look, ask, I had to ask. It was it, Look, Orlando, he was an interim coach. He was there for, for two years. Obviously, uh, he is uh, not answering. He, he has not come out and talked about it, uh, his reasoning or the reasoning for him not returning, um, whether it was his choice or whether it wasn't. I certainly think I, I lean to the idea that it, it was his choice not to come back. I think that he, um, you know, the, the last two years probably have been pretty intense. And it's just going to get more intense as you hit the road for recruiting and that type of thing. And, yeah. You know, he's got a young, he's got a couple he's got some young kids and one's a really really good basketball player already. I think you want to spend time there and makes sense. Um, you know, just he, you know makes sense. Wanted to move, wanted something else. I was catching uh, up with a, I was catching up with a friend of mine who was a he's a, in a touring uh, national band and he's like, yeah, this year of COVID nineteen, we didn't tour for over a year and I kind of liked it having a normal life of not being on the road everywhere. So he's like, I'm just going to stay home now and find a different job. So maybe that's what Orlando yeah. Tucker's doing. It, it's, I think it's possible. Now he's not, he hasn't said that, but certainly uh, I, I get the feeling that that is it. Cause I don't think Greg Gard was expecting it, expecting, expecting change. I think it was a possibility. I don't think he was expecting to change, uh, but you know, it is what it is. They got Shreve Chambliss who another former Badger. That's what Wisconsin basketball and football does. Just bring back former players and stick them in there. But he's obviously, much more uh, accomplished as a coach than Orlando was coming in. Uh, was obviously the, uh, voted as the best coach, best assistant coach in the Horizon League in 2020, and I think it's a good addition. And uh, we'll see if he's able to. Uh, we'll see if that ends up being the case. But I think it's a, I think it's a really good hire. Zach, we appreciate your time, brother. Rowdy, any? yeah, was uh, Tanner Brunson ever considered? Brunson, Bronson. Bronson. Tanner Brunson. 
Former yes, player. He, yes, yeah, he was. He was, for sure. Yeah, yep. the, yeah uh, I don't I they're, think they're bringing, they, all, bringing all the former players back. Yep. I don't think they uh, created the position of uh, head towel waiver yet, though, for Tanner Bronson, have they, Zach? They have not. They're waiting on Nelson to apply. Always <laughs> a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you later. Later. <laughs> Yeah, was there a little bad blood? I, there? I don't know what I'd be applying for. He, that's already his position. <laughs> I mean, Tanner Bronson did it for free. Now he's looking to get paid. You know, head towel waiver. Woo! JP Kaminsky had that locked up too back in the day. All right. <laughs> yeah, but he was—he's actually coaching somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think no, Tanner like, Bronson is coaching yeah, somewhere. Like in South. Where Dakota is he? Dakota or something like that. He's somewhere in no man's land. Um. Hang on, efforting. Get out of here, Ed Blocker. The Chattanooga mocks, Rowdy. Chattanooga. Look at Tanner Bronson. See? Man, he kind of looks like my buddy Curtis Fiedler, but with <laughs> is, a little more hair. Is, is Chattanooga really that much farther out of the realm of uh, Wright State? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we seriously? Yeah. There you go. Tanner Bronson, whoever thought we'd give an update on him. There it is. He's at the Chattanooga mocks. Who would have guessed? Oh, he shaved the rest. There he goes. There's an updated picture. He shaved his head. They don't want to be hanging on to that lost colony. Shave that thing off. I know some people that need to do that.